Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janus Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janus Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with David Faber here at Post 9 in the New York Stock Exchange. Jim Cramer's at One Market in San Francisco. Big day. Uh, Fed decision at 2 o'clock Eastern. Big bank CEOs at House Financial Services. POTUS at the U.N. as Putin begins this partial mobilization. Futures taking all that in. Dollar at a 20-year high. A roadmap this morning begins with Fed Watch. 75 basis point rate hike is expected. But it is the outlook uh, for future rate hikes that investors will watch more closely. Plus, geopolitical risks, Russia's Vladimir Putin escalating the war in Ukraine, seemingly issuing a nuclear warning to the West. And extremely disturbed, FTC Chair Lena Khan addressing the Twitter whistleblower allegations, and she says the agency may target the CEO as part of its enforcement efforts. Let's start with the markets and decision day for the Fed. Uh, Jim, a lot of stats being thrown around about uh, the positive way uh, the S&P has tended to react, at least in the last 18 months after a Fed day? Well, look, I I think that this is one of those Fed days where there actually is some good news. I think that we know that commodity inflation has been tamed. The actual commodities are all down. But we are now beginning to get, when you check around with CEOs, and this place, I'm out here in San Francisco, filled with CEOs from all over the country, it's just not that hard to hire anymore. These are people I talked to last year or Zoom last year who are saying we can't find any workers and we're paying up. That's not the case. Uh, there has not been, in, I'm talking healthcare, uh, tech verticals, retail, food service. It has gotten easier to hire. And David, you know that a lot of what, uh, of what Powell is targeting is wage inflation. If it gets easier to hire, that is at the beginning of what would be the end of the wage inflation part of this in inflation nightmare. This has been your mantra now three days in a row, talking about this as a focus. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to be moving pretty quickly here. I mean, maybe it will get easier to hire because there are a number of companies, particularly those that you are near out there, Jim, that are aggressively looking for cost cutting. Uh, and that yes. is ending up in part sometimes with people being, uh, being let go. I mean, Snap comes to mind, but there are many others. Look, David, you know, if you want your stock to get to even just to say stop going down, you've got to stem the losses. No longer is just a revenue growth. It's the be all and end all. And a lot of people just don't have enough business as they used to. And I think there's still a lot of companies that are trying to figure out how strong their business really is post-COVID. But when you see a CEO and you're speaking with him about trying to get high-grade engineers, which last year was a problem, now they're just talking about a flood of resumes. David, a flood of resumes, that means you don't have to pay people as much. And that's what I think Powell's been hoping for. And he's getting it. I hope he realizes he's getting it, though. That's what I wonder. Does he know? Is he, does he have good people? Who does he talk to that knows this stuff? Meaning what, though? That it, he's getting it more quickly than he may have thought, and therefore the policy response may not be what, it, what the market thinks? Well, I just think that... I often wonder, as I did in 2008, who are they talking to? 
do they have the right canvassing? Because if you're out of Dreamforce, the scuttlebutt is not about how business is. The scuttlebutt is how few people uh, they need to still do their business well and how many people are trying to get jobs uh, right out of school, hard to get a job, trying to move from one firm to another, not easy. Uh, I think that this phase of the economy is the one where there are more people joining the labor force. And I wonder whether Powell's information from the Fed's researchers is as up to date as the information you could get if you were here. Yeah. You know, Carl, it's funny because I had a conversation with a couple of people recently that also indicate that the back-to-work movement, so to speak, where companies are calling workers back, and some of whom, and particularly in technology, who may have moved, mm. <laughs> is also going to result in what Jim is talking about. Mm. Uh, overall, diminution in your workforce because certain people who moved to Austin who work in Cupertino are not coming back. Yeah. Um, I was noticing the top of the uh, J.P. Morgan note today, Jim. National restaurant chains saying it's getting easier to hire workers, staffing levels approaching pre-COVID levels. I don't know if you saw Canada CPI yesterday, down three-tenths. Redfin today asking rents uh, smallest gain in a year, moderating for three straight months. Oh. And then J.P. Morgan this morning says that uh, rent inflation, essentially shelter CPI, may be peaking on a sequential basis. That's a third of CPI right there. Right. Well, look, yeah, when you talk about rent, that was supposed to be intractable. What was supposed to be intractable that we would uh, wage inflation. We always the bears always come on and say is is uh, embedded. I, I'll tell you something that's happened to me uh, out here in the last 48 hours. People have been asking me to help them get jobs. These were people who wouldn't even look at me before. And now they want to know, David, hey, you know, what are you hearing? Uh, anyone anyone hiring in social? Anyone hiring in social? Eh. Anyone hiring in finance? David, this is like the old days, except for I can't place anybody. <laughs> All right. Well, I, you know, I, yeah, I'm just trying to understand exactly how this connects. Uh, and, I, and I know it does in terms of the response in the market to this idea that we're already getting ready for a slowdown, Jim, and therefore the cost cutting is going to come through sooner so that margins won't be impacted by companies that built themselves up in part to re- to respond to higher demand that is now going to decrease? I'm going to be like did you. Did I make any sense there? I'm going to be did like I, you. Did any of that yes. make any sense? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Are you giving See? me back to what me? Does it is feel that what like? you're doing? What's it feel like when, you're, when, when, you know, when your mother comes to you and goes, Yes. Yeah, you got the I guess story, I did David. You laid the story out perfectly. Now, I, I don't did? know if you believe I didn't the think story. I made any sense whatsoever. But yeah, okay, I thought you made you. an incredible amount of sense. <laughs> and it's not just, by the way, David, people at Twitter looking for jobs, which I think they are. There's a lot of people out there at Twitter looking for jobs. I don't know if you know that firm and how they're doing. I'm somewhat familiar with that company. Yeah. There's uh, a lot of resumes. Yeah. A lot of resumes, David. They don't have a back-to-work mandate, I don't believe, at Twitter. No, no, no. No, No, they're work from wherever you want, whenever you want. They work from SpaceX. (laughs) Everybody here, by the way, thinks that that Musk is going to lose and going to own Twitter. I mean, I I pull everybody on that, Carl. It's because it's a great cocktail party, uh, Jay Leno-ish. And everyone says the same thing, which is that he's going to close it. He's going to close it. Uh, But nobody thinks that this current management team is going to be able to keep this thing. Nobody. I keep hoping for someone who just says, oh, he won't even regard the Delaware court. He'll just say, I'm not doing this. 
But uh, no, I don't know a soul who thinks he's going to lose this, who's going to win. He's going to get this company. I don't know what it's going to look well, he's like. Getting, but he there's starts a lot getting of deposed on, uh, gets deposed on Monday and Tuesday, perhaps. I think it's Monday and Tuesday. Maybe it's Tuesday and Wednesday. Next week, the 26th, 27th, and 28th. Um, potentially David, do you know how those depositions so. begin? You know how they begin? Uh, name, rank, and serial number? You, what? Have to, you, have to explain, you have to say where you live. I'm telling you, by his fourth house, he's going to say, I've had enough of this. I'm not doing it. He doesn't anything. own any houses. I think he's still, like, you know, not even in Austin. He's sleeping friends, at friend, yeah. on friends' couches. But he, I don't know. He lives somewhere. I'm saying that the cadence of a, of a, of a deposition is for normal people. I mean, it's for people it who is. just, you know, they kind of get up, they put their clothes on, brush their teeth, go to work. That's he not lives must. Nowhere I don't think he has any everywhere. time for the deposition that's coming. David, we got to get in that deposition room. Is there a way? No, Fly there isn't. on the wall. No, no we're, not, we're not allowed in the deposition room. We don't even know where the room is yet. I'm trying to figure that out, actually. David, do you know anybody who thinks he doesn't, he, he doesn't have to take Twitter? A soul. Uh, of course, there are people who still wonder whether there will be a settlement. And therefore, he'll be able to pay a lower price. Yeah, 40. Uh, that continues to billion. reverberate, although, you know, the likelihood of that, who knows? As I've said many times, and these checks are getting a little old at this point, the board did not seem to have any interest in that. Right now, the weight uh, the, of the evidence as, as presented, even with the whistleblower, would seem uh, to not argue in his, uh, in his favor. And uh, people talking 15, that's where it would be. And you pull people, mm. fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not forty-one. Uh, overpaying a little. Jim, you know, we started the block talking about moderating inflation. At the same time, uh, the streak in declining gas prices has come to an end after ninety-nine days. We got nat gas up five percent today, oil up three, and defense names obviously responding to Putin's uh, mobilization and his uh, discussion of of nuclear risk. Uh, the, the, t- uh, put on top of that the possibility that China really does reopen this time. We'll talk Moderna in a moment. Uh, but how much of an offset might that be? Well, look, I, I think that this is something that's lo- that when you see natural gas go up, it's not instantaneous to people's bills, and it's been very erratic. And a lot of that is it goes up because people expect that maybe the Germans need more natural gas, that kind of thing. Uh, we're sold out in this country for coal. Uh, we still have a lot. We our nuclear's had a downtick. There's a number of reactors that are offline. So almost everything is related to uh, nat gas, which is going from 38 percent to 44 percent this year, which is an awful lot of natural gas. So you can see why the price is higher. Uh, thank you to uh, Russia Brazil for that. Uh, the thing I, I would emphasize, Carl, was once again, where, why don't people see that Powell's winning in some fronts? Now you can say, well, that's happenstance or it's the SPR, but. It, this decline in, in gasoline wasn't supposed to occur. Carl, it just wasn't supposed to occur. And yet he got it. We used, that used to be front and center as the main reason why we're in trouble. I, 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 it's just wrong. People are paying three bucks, having fun. Yep. Yep. Uh, there was some policy behind it, but also, you know, demand, David. Uh, maybe that's a return to work. Uh, people didn't have to commute as much, which is sort of a, a, will be a question for a while. How much structural demand destruction is there in just gasoline usage in yeah. this country, at least? Yeah, that is an, uh, will be an interesting question because, again, when we come back to it so often, it's not as though people are going to be going back to the office five days a week. That is over and done with. Uh, but perhaps two to three, and therefore 
some of the commuting. Although the roads around here, even though people don't come into office buildings, Carl, seem awfully busy and have for quite some time. Yes. So I think it's hard to judge what people are actually doing and whether they really are driving less. Yeah. Well, David, uh, then I, ju- I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, Carl. No, I was just going to pivot briefly before we have to go to break uh, to the bank CEOs later on today. We already have a sense uh, from financial services what Diamond's going to tell them about storm clouds building and then Scharf uh, asking for more patience on some of these regulatory issues. One of the things that we just, I think we just didn't realize was that, what, that Charlie Scharf, when he took over at Wells Fargo, it, it, he was presented with any number of different consent decrees and problems, not the ones that people thought. Uh, the company Wells Fargo may not have been as forthcoming as, uh, as tr- uh, we didn't know how much trouble it was. And one of the things that Charlie inherited, I think, was far more trouble than he realizes, which is why it's been harder to get around the expense structure. So, uh, and David, you know Charlie Sharp's a tough guy, but when you get a real bad hand and you think you have a decent hand, you got to play through, and that's what he's doing. How far has he played through on that? I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, time's gone by here. He's not a new CEO any longer. I, I don't know, five A's? Five A's through. Mm-hmm. That's incredible, isn't it? When you think that in February of 2018 was when he was let, when that bank was last sanctioned. And they, they're not, they're making progress, but it's a big slog. And I think that the bank, it's fine to have the bank guys up there because they're, they're pinatas. They make a lot of money and they, uh, are considered to be uh, pariahs still in the country, David. It's not changed. They're not Nobel laureates. Uh, no. You know, I, I am curious to see the tenor of the, of the questioning. You think um, it's going to be pleasant and we're, funny? We're, no, it never is. But we're not in the midst of a financial crisis and certainly not current economic problems to the extent we have them are not caused by the commercial banks. So. What do you hear about the layoffs, David? The layoffs in the business. Layoffs ever in the business. In finance. Yeah. In finance. Corporate Sorry, finance. Layoffs ever. David, layoffs. Layoffs, layoffs from people who well, do listen, M&A. When you, don't have, when, you don't have, when you have the worst IPO run in, what, 20 years, uh, you might expect that, you know, capital market professionals may not be too busy right now. Well, but that's um, wage. That's part of what Powell had to worry about was that the endless wage spiral so they could buy ever bigger houses in the Hamptons, get more appliances, do more roofs, put up more treks or whatever, AZEC. David, they can't do as much to build mansions, which actually will slow the economy a bit. You ever been out there on like Dune Road or anything? Or Egypt Plain? You ever been Southampton? Yeah, I've I've toured that area, sure. Well, you need those people to stop spending as much. And can we just say that they want, that the the Fetchy Pal wants Bitcoin below 10,000? Below 10,000? Below 10,000. A lot of those people out there, by the way, are, are, are not investment bankers you got to go above that private equity what are they yeah p hedge funds yeah did you know that They're the president couldn't be seated any closer on to the other side to, in, on the funeral because all of the dominions had to be in, ahead of them including ones that have 150 people and we shouldn't feel so insulted did you know that apropos of nothing no you like our ties today though yep, look at that that doesn't that happen is, too often, that uh, Jim. Is, that's I like almost put eclipse. a stripe point on, but now I hang myself. No, you're, you're, not, it, you're not realizing it's not just the stripes, Jim. It's the same tie. <laughs> yeah. It's the same tie? It's Doppelgangers? The same tie. Holy yeah, we, cow. We didn't. 
We didn't communicate. <laughs> well, you dressed in the dark anyway, David. Do you, are you wearing <laughs> the two much. suits? Does he have the two suits on, Carl? I'm wearing you the two suits. You wear the suit pants the and jeans. suit jacket. Yes, different. I am. I am. You have two suits. That's what they call you. Okay. Two suit favorite. Really, two suits. A really nice tie, though. <laughs> David, two suits. When we come back, uh, heavy hitters in big tech. You'll hear what Salesforce's Mark Benioff and NVIDIA's Jensen Wong told Jim last night on Mad Money. A lot of interesting calls today on Estee Lauder. We'll watch Stitch Fix, General Mills, Micron, PayPal in a moment. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. I think because we focused on customer success for almost a quarter century now, you probably saw this quarter we did about $7.7 billion. You know, I have a lot of esteem for SAP, you know that. They did about $7.5 billion. We're now the largest enterprise apps company in the world. That's amazing. That's Salesforce's Mark Benioff with Jim last night on Mad Money talking about the company's success with enterprise apps. Jim, there's a lot to get to on CRM and just about Dreamforce in general. Front page of the Chronicle in San Francisco this morning is about the $40 million that the conference is bringing back to a, a town with a troubled local economy. Well, I found myself when I was interviewing Mark in the middle of it just getting, I don't want to say misty eye because not exactly I'm the most sincerely interested man in North America. We know that. But I did feel that there's an incredible... Uh, genuine nature of people just just reveling and being back with each other. But I also think there's deals being made. Uh, This is an exceptional moment for Mark. He does say over and over again, listen, it's very hard when Putin is talking about nuclear war to close a deal. But there are a lot of people here. It's traditionally been a time that Mark has done a lot of business. Uh, Dreamforce has been a major catalyst to closing contracts. And I saw a lot of nameplates that, that were pretty amazing, I, including, by the way, and we haven't talked about it, WhatsApp, the uh, coalition between uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Mark Benioff. David, I think you'll like this. Seems much stronger than you would have thought just a few years ago at Davos. All right. Well, tell, tell me more about it, because I don't really know what you're talking about. Well, I mean, WhatsApp is a way to communicate with customers. And yes. Mark has tightened or it has really kind of coalesced to say, look, if you use WhatsApp, uh, we have a, a sale, we have a Salesforce infrastructure that can use WhatsApp in the same way that they use Slack. Uh, Slack is really taking off, doing very, very well. Uh, Marcus said that over and over again. I have Brett Taylor today, the co-CEO. I think Slack is a major focus. I think that they're taking share from Microsoft. They feel very emboldened and, and they they're very positive on business, but they also accept the fact that uh, the mentality is so bunker, David that it, it, it's just too close to the bunker for people to feel liberated. Talk to me about, you know, we're taking a look at a 10-year 
chart here, uh, and obviously we can see the appreciation. But I can remember it was that August quarter of 21, I think, wasn't it, where it just it soared after those numbers, Jim. Yes. And it's uh, and then, like much of the market, it has fallen dramatically. I mean, where are we on multiple for this company? And you know, when you look at the performance and the peak, kind of that pandemic peak almost. Uh, what are your thoughts in terms of two, 150 bucks a share right now? Well, try to figure out what 20% consistent growth gives you, and does it give you a 31 multiple in an environment where uh, all multiples are shrinking? I think the answer is no. The multiple will be lower uh, unless you get inflation under control. People just aren't willing to pay up, and people keep feeling that it's only a matter of time because the dollar has hurt Mark's company so much, whether it be in Japan, whether it be in Europe. The dollar is front and center here. Uh, a lot of these companies, remember, do a lot of work international, and the translation's been terrible. Uh, a lot of people feel that Europe has just stopped, and it's very hard to get big orders. So I think the answer is uh, the multiple's too high for Salesforce. I've liked the company since 2008, but I recognize that that spike that you saw was over-enthusiasm, and the decline to the right was when Jay Powell decided to get tough. But, David, there's no doubt in my mind uh, they, people just think that every tech stock is overvalued. The only one I heard that people had a lot of conviction on was Workday because they crushed the number. But most people are very concerned. Uh, interesting, Jim. It's the one important reason why you're out there this week, of course. Uh, when we come back, uh, get ready for the most powerful investment event of the year, and that's CNBC's Delivering Alpha returns in person a week from today featuring economic leaders, policymakers, and the world's top investors. Just go to CNBCEvents.com for details on how to register for the event. As we set up for a busy day at the Fed, at the UN, and at House Financial Services in a moment. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Future is pretty steady here in the green ahead of the Fed decision. Uh, B of A this morning points out over the last 18 months, S&P has risen after eight out of 10 Fed decisions. And in March, June, January, up six to nine percent in the following days. We'll see what happens. Opening bell coming up in a few moments. And don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. All right, let's get to a mad dash. Cross country yet again. Uh, General Mills reporting numbers. Right, defensive stock, really good numbers. Uh, here's a number for you. Uh, organic sales up 10%. But, David, I find underneath this there is an undercurrent of, look, we're able to raise price because people love our product, uh, and we are raising price. We have to because of, of headwinds, uh, including supply chain. David, there is nothing in this report that makes a guy like Jay Powell feel good. This is what must I don't want to say it must come down because it's a great American company. But you just don't want to read that they have supply chain problems and that they're able to raise price at will. Because what you want is for them to say, look, we've got lower costs, we have lower pricing, but we'll still do well. And that the numbers are being made by volume, not by price. So this is a disturbing positive, is the way I'm thinking. 
Guys, let's get the opening bell here and the CNBC real-time exchange. At the big board, the coordinating minister for maritime and investment affairs of Indonesia at the NASDAQ celebrating a listing NAX, a commerce enablement and payment platform. Jim, you mentioned General Mills uh, raising the guide. Uh, they now see full-year revenue up 6 to 7 versus a prior 4 to 5. Also raising the guide this week, Cody. Also raising the guide this week, Ralph Lauren. I wonder what you think that says about consumer. Well, I think that the consumer is back. This upgrade that we got today, a really incredible upgrade of Estee Lauder from Goldman. Says, look, people are spending like mad to look good, and it doesn't matter about China. They're doing it in excess of China, and I think that's important. Hey, by the way, Indonesia ringing the bell. Indonesia is an incredibly important market for the uh, new iPhone. And people forget Indonesia, huge country. Uh, they're taking the, uh, they've really, Apple's made this country a major focus. And tens of millions of people there that might be buying it, so let's not forget. So I've got positive news on Apple, positive news on General Mills. By the way, the pet business is just on fire. I mean, I cannot believe it. Uh, Ralph Warren, that was a, I thought that was a great interview with Sarah. Really feel that that he has got some great mojo, David, to use a very specific word on Wall Street. So we have some positives. Uh, we just do not have uh, a definitive statement from what Powell's going to say during that incredible press conference that I know you like so much. And we know you do, too. Jim, well, you're it's a big the biggest waste, of, biggest waste of federal time I can come across. Oh, I'm sure there are a lot of people who would submit lists on which that would not make the top 10. But why can't they do what Netflix does? Why don't they pick one member of the press, in this case, probably Steve Leisman, and he gathers their questions and they have an interview? Wouldn't that be better than this Hollywood Squares thing? Come on. I hear you. Take a look at the real time exchange back at our HQ. I hear you. I hear you. You forgot to say I know where you're coming from. I, I, I do. I know. I know. I usually do know where you're coming from. You, few other people do, but but I do. No, um, you do. Yeah, Look at that I red, do. David. What do you think those stocks are? Uh, you tell me, Jim. Losers. <laughs> that was not what I expected to hear. <laughs> Losers. Um, I do notice shares of Alibaba down about 2%. Guys, I did want to uh, talk about a... Uh, a, res- uh, a um, uh, succession process uh, that we're uh, now aware of taking place in a company that I've covered closely through the years, Charter Communications, of course. They have the Spectrum uh, broadband and wireless brand. Uh, Tom Rutledge, longtime CEO of the company, 10 years since 2012, uh, is going to be stepping down uh, as of December 1st. He will uh, be replaced as CEO at the company by its current chief operating officer, Chris Winfrey. Um, and, uh, you know, Rutledge obviously has had a long career in cable, some 50 years. I remember when he ran or was president of Time Warner Cable. And then he also was CEO of Cablevision as well. Uh, and obviously has been running Charter uh, for this last decade. There are the charts. That's this year. We can go back and take uh, a look, of course. We've talked a lot about how, what a terrible year it's been for uh, overall cable, including our parent company, uh, Comcast, at least in the stock market is what we're talking about, is, of course, subgrowth has slowed dramatically, a number of other concerns, but there's a 10-year. That's actually better than uh, Salesforce, is performance over the last 10 years. Jim? I'll be sure to point that out to Mark when I see him later today. Uh, look, the problem, all these tech companies, including NVIDIA, during the month of November, 
spiked up, parabolic move, and now they're coming down. And they're not, they may not be done coming down. Uh, the charts are so horrible. And then you look at General Mills' chart, and you just say, okay, I get it. Uh, consumer raised price, people love it, defensive. That's what they want. And there's not that many said they can't create more stocks like that. We need them. Yeah, as you take a look at the 10 years, a pretty good run there. Of course, uh, uh, a year ago, it was a lot better run, but uh, Mr. Rutledge has done just fine. And he did have an options package that kicked in at numbers that at one point were thought to be uh, unobtainable in terms of the stock price, but they happened. Uh, you know, you can see there where it peaked. Uh, and so nobody's concerned about uh, Rutledge's uh, ability to support himself in semi-retirement. He's actually going to be chairman of the company until the end of 2023. So he will still be running the board of directors, so to speak, through the end of 23. But here's a case as well, Carl. And we don't talk about this enough. Uh, clearly a, a fairly well-orchestrated succession plan. And that's a key responsibility of a board of directors. And oftentimes we just don't see it play out the way it should. But Mr. Winfrey, in that chief operating officer role, uh, and cl clearly ready to step up to replace Rutledge uh, as CEO about two months from now. All right, pretty fascinating. Uh, Jim, you mentioned some of the losers uh, on the tape today. It's a lot of airlines. I'm looking for some reasons. Uh, there was some discussion about United yesterday, uh, some maintenance issues regarding the 777 on the wing slats, forced them to cancel some flights. There's been yet another uh, small hack uh, at American this time, but it's been a tough week for hacks, Jim, uh, whether it's Uber or uh, obviously, uh, the Take-Two stuff. We really have to watch this uh, because we know that the service economy has been the brightest star. I know that from Expedia last week when we, when we interviewed them. Uh, the packaging economy has been not great uh, because of FedEx. But that's a really broad-based list of, of, of negatives. And I, Look, we're not seeing it. I'm not seeing numbers being cut for those companies. love to speak to Phil and Bo about it. But those are monster declines. Particularly, uh, we've seen over and over again, Carl, that the upgrades in, in the cruise ships have been rather amazing. So I don't know where people are going and what they're doing, but those numbers, uh, these declines are rather savage. And we've got to spend some time on them. Got to really get to the bottom of it. And, and Carl, by uh, the way, I'm watching a, 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 a security that I think is really important for people to look at. And this is the RINF, the Pro Shares inflation expectations. This peaked, this peaked in June, and it's been going down, R-I-N-F. This is what we have to look at, and it includes a lot of the expectations for travel, uh, for tickets, people trying to figure out whether that's going up. So Carl, I think this is worth looking at because it does show, we so a peak in commodity prices uh, in June, and now we're seeing a peak, I believe, in the less, and everything else that's been so-called intractable, which makes me feel bullish. We need to see airline uh, tickets come down. There, That's a problem. And, and David, by the right. way, you know what? I think yeah. that auto prices are going to start coming down. You do? Yes, Why? I do. Why? Why? Because I think that they're beginning to get all the parts. I think that Ford was a false tell. It was not semiconductors. Not semiconductors. They were things that will make it so that Ford will be able to recoup those sales. And, and David, we know that steel went down in price. So, I'm, you know, again, I, I know I'm trying to be a little more positive. You would probably say I'm more Pollyanna. But I wish you had something kind of newsworthy that we could take action on right now. What do you mean by that? 
Well, that was a segue. Apparently, you have something in my ears. Oh, I don't have anything that that's overly newsworthy. I mean, yesterday you did pummel SPACs. We talked, of course, about Jamath Balhapatia, um, essentially uh, liquidating two of his outstanding uh, SPACs that hadn't done deals. But we got one this morning that's doing a deal, and it's kind of worth mentioning. Um, it's this it's this company, Beneficent. You know, they say Blackstone Aries, Apollo, KKR, and their peers get investors into alternative assets. And this company gets them out. It has this platform where they uh, create liquidity for people who own alternative assets, whether it's mid to high net worth individuals or wealth managers, small institutions, general partners, and they get them out. So they're targeting the alternative asset um, class, uh, total addressable market. They say $51 billion in 2022, expected to grow to $106 billion in 2027. And they're going public through a SPAC. And the SPAC is uh, Avalon, uh, and they're going to have what they say is a 3.5 billion enterprise value. Uh, as you take a look at Avalon acquisition in terms of how it's traded very recently, but it's right around 10 bucks. Uh, it's got 207 million dollars in the trust. They're also looking for a pipe that could be uh, as much as 383 million dollars. And again, you never know with these things because how many people are actually going to ask for their money back? We've seen many SPACs that complete their deals, but do it with a lot less money because so many people actually ask for redemptions, even though they approve the transaction itself. Um, but guys, just worth mentioning, SPACs are still coming public here and there. Uh, and this is one of the larger ones, again, with a estimated uh, uh, equity value of $2.5 billion, enterprise value $3.5 billion, Jim. You take a look at Avalon, which is right around that $10 uh, well, level. A, Not many of them the- happening, but... Every so often, you still see one announced. No amateur hour. Sounds like they actually have professionals who know how to do it and evaluate things. That'd be kind of stark and exciting. (laughs) Well, it may be. And again, we'll have to wait and see how it performs from here. They're talking about a 14.5% compounded annual growth rate in terms of uh, the liquidity demand for alternatives. Kind of an interesting area for beneficent. But I yeah. uh, did want to mention it, Carl, because, uh, you know, we did obviously pound SPACs yesterday for good reason. We've <laughs> talked often about, for years now, in fact, about um, the, the differential in uh, economics for the sponsors. In this case, alone 2%, by the way, of the company um, versus uh, the shareholders, not to mention outrageous projections that we saw for so many of these companies that did not belong in the public markets. But that has calmed down. Most of the 500-plus SPACs that are looking for deals, unlikely, unlikely to find one, one would think. But here they did. That's interesting. Uh, Jim, before we get to Pisani, I do want to talk about your interview with Jensen Wong. By the way, uh, Stiefel today cuts Micron and Western Dig. Or actually, it's Stiefel cuts Micron. It's Mizuho that cuts Western Dig uh, to neutral. Um, and, and then Jensen talked to you about the gaming channel and how they're plowing ahead, even as that market corrects. The gaming market's great, and the gaming market is larger than ever. In fact, uh, the overall gaming market grew 70% today relative to the before the pandemic. And so over the course of last two and a half years, the market has grown some 70%. Jim? Well, I think that Jensen was, I, I, I can't tell you he was effusive. I do know that he still have problems with Ethereum cards in the channel. Ethereum now has a new system where you won't have to mine with NVIDIA cards. I know that Chance is really happy that that's finally over, hard to forecast. 
there's still some inventory in the system, David, if there's inventory in the system, then you can't necessarily believe that NVIDIA has reached a bottom. This is another one of the stocks that we can put up the chart, and it is just incredibly bad for the, for the last two years. It's given up so much of the gains. But we didn't get what we wanted to hear But we uh, for, for 2022. But 2023, when the new chips will really be in, which are apparently uh, making it so that video games are even more lifelike, you'll, Carl, you'll, have, you'll have a bottom. Uh, I, I think that we're close enough to a bottom, but I don't think we're there yet. All right. Interesting. As for the leaders today, guys, pretty interesting mix of uh, consumer names on General Mills, uh, defense names, energy. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Morning, Bob. Yeah, and industrials, too, finally bouncing. They've been terrible recently. So two to one advancing to declining stocks. Uh, not bad at all. But remember, FOMC days have tended to be up. Uh, in the last few sessions. So look at the sectors. Like Carl said, uh, energy's having a good time. Uh, oil's stabilized a little, around $84, $85. Uh, industrials just had a terrible couple of weeks. They're looking a little bit better today. And consumer staples, Carl mentioned on uh, General Mills up about 2%. Uh, they raised their full year 23 outlook. Not only did they beat, but they raised their full year outlook. Uh, that's certainly a very good sign overall. Consumer staples. Uh, tech's been lagging. Uh, Kathy Wood's ARC Fund was actually open to the downside, and semis also are underperforming. Uh, by the way, there's the ITA. That's the iShares Aerospace and Defense ETF. This is one of only about two or three uh, aerospace defense ETFs that are out there. Just take a look here. This has had a very good year, actually. It's down, oh, about 1% for the year, believe it or not, that's pretty good considering, you know, you're looking with the S&P 500 down, depending on what week, 15 to 20% on the year. So defense stocks have done very well. And they had that big move up in February, of course, and that was on the Russian invasion and the Ukraine. And you see these defense stocks moving today, the usual names, Textron, of course, doing well as they make unmanned uh, aircraft, Lockheed and the usual names. But some of the smaller defense stocks, uh, Hunting Ingalls, we don't bring these up often, uh, Curtis Wright, also having modest moves to the upside. Uh, so 75 or 100 basis points. You know, the, the consensus down here has been 75 for a long time. Uh, Chris Senyak over at Wolf Research, maybe he's sort of the uh, consensus opinion right now. Our sense the markets could be set up for a short-lived relief rally if the Fed hikes 75 basis points and Powell doesn't match it up his hawkish rhetoric even more. We sure could use a relief rally, for heaven's sake. The S&P 500 is about 70 points below where it was at the close of the last meeting. Uh, that was July 27th. Remember that's Essentially, a uh, modest little rally, then straight down there. That's a head and shoulders chart if there ever was one, uh, folks. Uh, so if you're looking for a pattern for what happens on FOMC meeting days this year, there really isn't one. That's a problem. Uh, one pattern that's obvious is on the day of the FOMC meeting, the S&P has ended to the upside, but there's no pattern after that. So the last one, we were up, and there was a two-day rally after. On June 15th, we were up, but they, we hit the new low. Remember, June 16th was the low for the year, the next day. Then May 4th, we were up, but then we were down the next three days. And on March 16th, we were up, but then we had a three-day rally after that. So there, there isn't really any pattern here to what's going on with the FMC meetings. If you want a pattern, there's a pattern with the relentless rise in bond yields killing the bond funds. Uh, many of the big names are down 12, 14 percent this year. There's the biggest one. The Vanguard Total Bond ETF is the biggest uh, bond ETF out there. A lot of institutional holdings uh, in that. That is up a little bit today. But these are all new lows. These closed, the two big ones, the Vanguard Total and the iShares Core U.S. Aggregate, that's AGG, they closed at the lowest level since 2010 yesterday. So we're going back a long, long ways. And if you look at corporate bonds, they're not doing any better. Uh, those two other ones there, iShares, the iBox and the Vanguard 
short-term corporate bond. Uh, they're closing at essentially the lowest level since 2010 or so, if you exclude a brief moment uh, in 2020. So no real hope or help here. And Carl, remember, that big one, that Vanguard total bond, it's down 13% this year. Even with a 2% yield, that's a pretty awful return. Stocks and bonds, both down this year. Carl, back to you. All right, uh, Bob, thank you very much. Bob Bassani. Coming up in tonight's all-new episode of Jay Leno's Garage, Elon Musk shows Jay around SpaceX and talks about life on Mars. Take a look. I'd say life on Mars is difficult, dangerous. Somebody might, you know, people might die. Uh, it's just fundamentally, are we going to become a multi-planet species or not? Right. Even if we're sure Earth would be fine forever, right. do you want to be here forever? I think right. we want to be a, a space-bearing civilization. Right. Right. It's not like, let's escape to Mars. Do we have a spurt of adventure? Do we want to go out there and see the rest of the universe? Do we want to find out what's out there and maybe meet some alien civilizations? Do we want science fiction to not be fiction forever? And if so, we need to, to be a multi-planet species. That's the next step. And then we can go from there to being a multi-stellar species and get to other star systems. You know, David, uh, Musk has talked about this before. You remember a time when you and I were young where the idea of the future overall was promising, aspirational, what's going to tomorrow bring? You didn't worry about it. You looked forward to it. That's what's kind of what Musk wants to get back to. That would be nice. Yeah. That would be nice. Multi-planet species, multi-step, I mean, wow. Um, but that's, Jim, that's Elon Musk. That's why he is the most consequential businessman on the planet. Um, and to Carl's point, he thinks about things and does things that others can only dream of. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny that the CNBC interview is with Jay Leno. <laughs> Well, it's kind of nice to have him here one day. Look, every year, uh, there's usually someone people talk about. Uh, Mark, uh, at Dreamforce, it was a long time when you used to talk about Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, the last three years, we talked about, well, post pre-COVID, it was always about Bezos. What's Bezos really up to? Bezos, Bezos, Bezos. They're, everyone wants to know who has spoken to Musk, what people, they, what did they do with Musk, what was it like with Musk, and everyone has kind of. A, I'd say a little anecdote with Musk, but he is almost, he's on the present here without being here. And I bet you people will be watching that show rather than, uh, than doing a lot of things at Dreamforce because he's the man. David, he's the man. He is the man. Agreed. Well, look forward to that tonight, guys. As we go to break, let's check bonds. Uh, stocks are higher, by the way. Dow's up 220, S&P 3880. You do have the two-year approaching uh, 398, but the back end of the curve a little bit lower. VIX is actually down this morning. Interesting as the market kind of yawns in the wake of uh, Putin's speech. We're back in a moment. Market being led higher by both staples and uh, industrials today, as Bob Pisani pointed out. Almost every S&P sector is green this morning. Quick reminder, CNBC is delivering Alpha returns in person on the 28th. You can meet with economic leaders, policymakers, obviously the world's best investors. Just uh, scan the QR code to register. We are back in just a moment. Let's get to gym and stop trading. I want people to watch Micron. Uh, downgrade, multiple price target cuts. A uh, large semiconductor company considered to be commodity. Stock has just been uh, horrendous, down 45%. So if this one can stabilize, semiconductors are a leadership group, leadership group down, uh, then I think you're going to be able to see AMD stabilize. I think you're going to be able to see even NVIDIA stabilize. So watch Micron to see if it breaks 50 or not. All right, Jim, big show tonight, right? 
Yes, uh, we have Brett Taylor, who is, of course, chairman of uh, Twitter. But the focus here is that he's the co-CEO. I'm going to dig down on how Salesforce is doing. He's a guy, an operator, very straight shooter. Uh, Matt Murphy does high-performance computing semis. No one seems to like that group anymore. I think that's wrong. They're doing well. And then Liam Griffin has got a lot of, uh, I mean, just great stuff when it comes to cell phones. Cell phones are just despised out here, even as we're hearing about carriers having to sell a giveaway Apple phones in order to be able to get business. I know David's focused on that. So I think these three people plus Micron, they're going to define whether we have leadership group that can turn around tech or not. To be clear, though, you are going to ask Brett Taylor about Twitter, aren't you? You're going to ask him whether they're going to settle, right? I mean, I'm sure he won't say a word, but you're going to ask. Well, yeah, I'm a reporter, and I, I do my job. Is that what you, whether I do my job, is that your focus? Just making sure. Just making sure, that's all. No, I, I think it'll, it'll probably come up. Elef- it's a, it's a uh, pride of elephants in the room. Very nice. If you need more help, Jim, we're, we're here for you. I want you guys to come out here. Hey, by the way, I've got to tell you, it's just it's there. actually very so happy. Yeah. We You'd be optimistic. You'd be optimistic if you came out here. People are, people are happy. It's kind of cool. I don't New thing. buy that for a minute. What are you talking about? Dreamforce. I mean, there are people dressed up as bears and stuff walking around, and there's waterfalls. Mark, Mark turned on a waterfall behind me and soaked me. Thought it was funny. There's cotton candy. It's just different, David. It's like the, the great midway in a Hollywood there's movie. There's cotton candy, Carl. There's cotton candy. There's cotton that's, candy. That's, all, that's what the market needs. That's it. More cotton candy, Jim. We'll see you tonight. Mad Money, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time. When we come back, uh, two big events, the president at the U.N. and major bank CEOs at House Financial Services. Don't go away. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.